Welcome to Be Transformed with your hosts, Christopher and Isaac. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12-2 Men's Ministry, empowering men to overcome and thrive by breaking cycles of addiction, trauma, and generational curses. Romans 12-2's vision is healing families and society by transforming the minds of men into the mind of Christ through discipleship within a community of warriors for the kingdom of heaven. You can text or call them at 512-238-0000. That's 238-0000 or Romans-122.org. Romans-the number one, number two, letters T-W-O dot org. Now here's Christopher and Isaac. Welcome back. Reverend Christopher here with Isaac Cormier and Nicholas Linzemeyer in studio. Good morning. Good morning. Last time we got to hear more of Nick to Nicholas's testimony. And as we said then, and we say it again now, your testimony matters. If you know the Lord Jesus Christ and you're following him and you're after, you're accepting his pursuit of you and you're returning it back, we believe that there's aspects of conversion as as Jonathan Edwards put put into play here and again Dr. Yoder at Dallas Theological thank you for bringing this to my attention because he says there's three principal steps to genuine conversion one a conviction or awakening a sense of one's sad state two second step a humiliation time period a time of backsliding after some initial promising steps of spiritual progress three regenerating light or new spirit true conversion and we believe that's been represented in our in our in our testimonies and and Isaac you've been walking with him here for some time now you've been in parts one through three and hearing his testimony again we're, 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 what would you have to say about it and how would you like to bring him in yes just Nicholas how how that kind of was so palpable to me when just some of the story you're sharing in those prodigal son years and just seeing the the lostness and remembered what it feels like to be lost. And as you're sharing that, I was remembering how the enemy comes in to steal, kill, and destroy, even with our relationships within our relationships, because she, you're, she was no longer your girlfriend, she was your wife, but yet still feeling entitled to go back to those uh, performance of I'm going to do what I want to when I want to that self and those seeds that were planted that the self was coming out and you were you're getting the fruit of the self like the the false self and that and that world and that flesh and that me myself and I mentality that unholy trinity as we had talked about was really really palpable to me that yeah. that it really was this hitting me hard and I'm just so uh, looking forward to hearing more as you just shared uh, in that last last episode of. I didn't know what else to do but to go back to church. Yeah, that's where I was. I I was I was in a a state of complete desperation. Um marriage in shambles and um finding out that we were pregnant with our with our first child. I had to be a father. I didn't know what that was. Um I I had the example of my dad um, which is always helpful, but, um, it's, you know, when that realization that kind of, as, as I shared in the last episode, that fear of the Lord moment came upon me, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. Hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I decided, um, I've just, I've got to go back to church because I've now got this kid that I'm going to be responsible for. 
Um, it's now no longer just about me. Like I can't just think about self. Um, ironically enough, that was kind of the thought process. And I, I believe that those were proddings of the Holy spirit, you know? Um, but that man, that flesh fought back. Yes, it is about you. <laughs> right. And there were still more years of, uh, of, you know, that, that wrestling still to this day, every day wrestle with self, you know, battling. But, um, so I decided to go back to church and, and, um, I don't remember the first, we lived in South Austin at the time. I don't remember the first church that we, that I visited. Um, and, and just a, a quick review to, to give us perspective on where I was. My wife and I had met in church. She did not grow up in church. I did. And I kind of drug her on into it. You know, I said, Hey, I really like you, but, uh, I can't date a non-Christian. So, you know, let's, let's dunk you real quick so we can start dating. And that, you know, really, you know, Christopher shared about his previous marriage and how, oh, we were doing these things together when we were, you know, dating and now you stopped and I'm a, I've been hoodwinked. Well, it, it was me who hoodwinked her in that regard, you know, and, and I still wrestle with guilt from that of, man, did I just convince her to do something that she didn't want to do so that we could get together? And not that I'm like some amazing prize, but the, the manipulation even within that, you know. And have I damaged her ability to receive relationship with God? You know, and so at this point, um, and, and this, I, I got to go back to church. I don't know what else to do. She was not on board. You know, she's like, okay, yeah, go for it. You're screwing up the rest of our marriage. Yeah, you need to work on you. So, so I went back to church. Um, it was, you know, it, I was super apprehensive. You know, I had been hurt so much in church. There was so much pain and so many scars from comparison and from condemnation and from uh, being uh, ostracized. And uh, it was it was like I, I feel like the only thing I knew to do was to go back to church. But the moment I stepped into those doors, I was like, danger, Will Robinson, you know. Um, so the first church I went back to, it was like it was OK but I was, I was like dipping my toe in the water, you know? Um, but I found, uh, eventually found Austin stone. Uh, I, I haven't been there for many years, but at the time they were meeting at Austin high school, downtown Austin. And I was living in South Austin, so it wasn't too bad of a drive. And, and so I, I went there and, uh, the first day it was really awkward for me. And, I grew up in church, so I grew up, if you're not 15 minutes early, you're late, you know. So I get there probably 10 minutes early, and I'm standing in the lobby part, like outside of the auditorium where they hold their services, and there's no one. And there's like the little bookstore area that they've set up, and I'm like, it's Sunday, right? Like, am I, did I misread the time or something? I was, I had no idea what was going on, but there was no one there. Um, I mean, I think there were people in the auditorium, but I mean, practically no one. And uh, so I just, that made me feel even more awkward. I was like, what is going on? This isn't even the right place. I don't, you know, so I just kind of started milling around the books. I've always been kind of a book nerd or fancied myself one, but so I started milling around the books and this guy walks up to me and he's like, Hey, how's it going? And he just, you know, starts talking to me. I'm like, Oh, Hey, how's it going? You know, um, asked me, you know, 
it was my first time and what made me come and all this stuff. And, you know, it's ironic that there's a, there's a theme through all of my story, which is relationship and connection and the context of that relationship and connection. Um, I wanted deep connection with people, um, because I wanted that affirmation, you know, I wanted that, um, I wanted that identity that people give, give you, you know, like if you have great friends that say, Oh, you're great at this, you know, that that's important to me. You know, that was what Christopher last episode talked about the things that give us life, you know? Um, and then in church, in that church context, I had grown up knowing that that's where I can perform. That's where I can, Oh, good job, man. You did great on this. You're, you're kicking butt on, you know, this, you're, you know, memorizing scripture and knowing all that, whatever. That's where I could gain that affirmation when all along the deep relationship that I need connection is with God and God uses people, but connection was so big. And then that's why when I left church, it was such, it was so hurtful because those connections, those relationships wounded me. And then I sought others in the world in in pursuit of myself that were shallow. And that was where I was floundering, where I had lost my way. I felt lost because I had no depth of connection and depth of relationship. And so this first meeting at Austin Stone, this guy comes up to me, he starts talking. And I was like, wow, that was kind of cool. Guy didn't know me from Adam. Well, it turns out uh, I'm blanking on the guy's name, but he was the pastor of Austin Stone. Uh, Young guy, uh, Jeff Mangum, I think. Uh, Something Mangum. Um, was the pastor of Austin Stone at that time. And and I was like, I, I didn't realize that till I'm standing in the auditorium and he gets up to preach. And I'm like, whoa, so that's who that guy was. Like, well, that was kind of cool. So I went back to Austin Stone a little bit. And of course they had this great worship band. You know, the guy that was the worship leader was all tatted up and, you know, guitar player, I'm a super cool guy. You know, I was like, that's awesome. So... I kept, you know, I kept going back. Um, really, I think at that time it was kind of a thing to make me feel better. Um, moved to Cedar Park. Um, we got became pregnant with our second child. Um, South Austin wasn't the place that we really felt comfortable raising a kid. Nothing against South Austin. We just we wanted something more family oriented. Cedar Park at the time was that. So moved to Cedar Park and. I was like, dude, I'm not driving 40 minutes down to Central Austin for church every Sunday morning. So I started looking around and found Hill Country Bible Church um, over there on Lakeway. Um, and remind you, when I moved to Dallas, I was at the mothership. That was the church that I was like, oh, this is it, man. This is the big daddy church. I'm going to be part of this, and this is awesome. And then it became a very wounding experience for me. So I walk into Hill Country Bible Church, Austin, which is the mothership of the Hill Country Association of Churches. And it, man, immediately when I walked through those doors, it's a big building, it's a big church, but it, it was, it's big. And not, it wasn't so much the intimidation factor as much as I felt like it was just a chemical flashback. And I was like, nope, nope, I don't want this. This is not what I want. But my feet kept walking. And I went in and Pastor Tim Hawks, at, at Hill Country Bible Church um, 
bless that man because he's a conduit for the for the the word of the Lord. And every Sunday that I went back for months, I didn't know anybody there. I was bringing my kids with me at that time. Um, we had just had my son. Um, but I just felt like every Sunday, you know, people talk about that. Like, are you talking directly to me? Like, is this, you know, how do you know all this about me and where I'm at? You know, I, I experienced that every Sunday. And, and so despite the feeling of, I don't want this, this reminds me of that other church that would hurt me and wounded me. And I wanted to back away. I wanted to run, but once again, the pursuit of the father was just reeling me in and I couldn't deny it. I couldn't deny that every time I went, I felt like, yes, yes, that's truth. Yes. I understand that. I get that. I need that. And so I continued to go and, uh, and then eventually a few years later, we decided to Cedar Park started to get too big and we wanted a smaller town feel, um, and something more family oriented. So we started looking around, found Hutto and, um, we had driven through Hutto several times. My parents lived in Northeast Texas and driving out to their house, we would drive through Hutto. And every time we'd drive by, we'd pass down uh, East Street. Mm-hmm. And uh, I would look down and I'd be like, oh, that's a cute little town. That's such a cute little town. It's like, you know, there's a little football stadium over there. And this is just a cool little place. Like, this is like this is the kind of town that, that would be cool to, to grow up in, you know? And so we would drive there and back through Hutto every time we went to visit my parents. And then when we were looking for homes, we found a home in Hutto. And we were like, wow, that's cool. And so we found a home in Hutto, moved there. Once again, though, man, I ain't driving 45 minutes back to Cedar Park every Sunday morning. That's just too far, you know. So I literally got on Google Maps and just started searching churches in Hutto. And the house that we bought was literally three blocks away from Hutto Bible Church, which I was like, perfect. That works out. Small. Not, and that was the other thing about Hill Country is I, I knew myself at that point, and I had enough wherewithal to say, man, I can float in and out of here unnoticed, unbothered. Nobody would ever know my name. Mm-hmm. But I came to find out that Huddle Bible Church was the like, granddaughter church of Hill Country Bible Church, the one I'd been going to on Lakeline, which planted Pflugerville Bible Church, which then planted Huddle Bible Church. Mm-hmm. And I thought to myself, man, if this, if I get the same thing that I got there where I just feel like, okay, Lord, I hear you every Sunday, I'm not going to a concert and I'm not hearing somebody just standing up there making themselves look big. I'm hearing God speak to me. Then this is where I need to be. And so I started walking to church every Sunday morning with my kids, the three blocks from our house. And we kind of became known around the church as like the dude that walks to church with his kids. Um, my kids were little at the time, so I'd push them in their stroller. And But, man, same thing, Pastor Bobby Pruitt there. I just, the grace of the Father, he, he preaches the word and the word only. And he um, really um, it convicted me to a point to where, again, I couldn't deny it. The pursuit of the father was so clear and this church was smaller and I couldn't just float in and out unnoticed and I'm six, three. So, 
you know, it's like you kind of stand out in a church of 100 people at, you know, when there's 100 people in an auditorium, right. six, three guys tend to stand out. You know, Isaac, you are too, so you know what I'm and, uh But that was where I felt like I really began to experience the embrace. We talk about the prodigal years in the last episode. And then when the son came to his senses, he says, I'm going to go back to the father and the father's waiting and looking. And I just have this image of the father standing out there day after day, watching and waiting for the day that he sees his son on the horizon. And while the son was still a long way off, he ran to him and threw his arms around him. And that was where I felt that embrace of the father. And I, I was so far off. But I had somewhat begun to come to my senses and started moving back towards him. And he did the rest. And he ran to me. And that was where I intersected with Christopher and Isaac at Huddle Bible Church and, and another brother, Jonathan, who thank God for putting him in my life because he was the first man that I felt that connection with where I said, man, I, I need somebody. I need to talk to like, Will you meet with me once a week or every other week or whatever? And Jonathan had begun to go through uh, Conquer series and Seven Pillars of Freedom with Christopher and Isaac, which was uh, if you listen to the other episodes, it was kind of the genesis of Romans 12, two men's ministry. But um, that was just the culmination of God reeling me back in and just embracing me and putting the ring on my finger and the sandals on my feet and the robe and just saying, this son of mine is home and is back and we have to celebrate and it's been, um, let's say about eight years now, roughly seven, eight years since I first started going to Huddle Bible Church and intersected with you two guys and just, it, it's it's been up and down, of course. You know, it's not like things are done, I'm good to go, I can coast the rest of my life, but the relationship and the depth of relationship and connection that I've been seeking my whole life what I needed was that in God, and he brought that to me through men that I met at Huddle Bible Church, through men like Christopher and Isaac. And as we continue to grow and continue to build the depth of relationship, um, it's just been an unbelievable um, blessing and reminder of God's grace. You know, they, the hindsight 2020, I can look back and see even in the depth of my despair where God was there and he showed up in these little conversations with random people. And he showed up and saving me from, you know, getting in a car with a complete stranger when I was wasted on sixth street one night, I have no idea who that person was, but they gave me a ride home. Cause I was too drunk to find my car that I could be dead driving home drunk. So, so many times, you know, uh, pursuing other women and, and self, and, and all of these other pleasures. And yet my wife didn't kick me to the curb and, and going to that first church and then going to 
to Hill Country and the just the react the visceral reaction of no, I don't, I can't do this again, mm-hmm. and yet God just gently guide, guiding me back to Him, and ultimately reaching a point of surrender, or saying, okay, I, I get it through relationships with guys like you getting to experience that depth of relationship with the father bringing me to Romans 12 two men's ministry and being able to be a part of this ministry and, and find other men that have similar things in their story that say, dude, I've been there. And I remember what it feels like to be lost And by the grace of God, he's brought me back to him. He's brought me back to, to grace. Yeah, brother, man, so powerful. And you, you mentioned the movement from the darkness, the dullness, the, the, the party had wore off, it dimmed. The, the life that was in that world was not as attractive because it's death. Right as Isaac brought forth right in the beginning, the enemy is to is come to still kill and destroy, and that's what he was doing. He was ripping and tearing the relationship between you and God, you and others, your wife, uh, your kids, uh, extended family. All of it was going to be damaged and deteriorated down, as as Isaac said at the beginning about the fruit. It was rotten fruit. It was there, but the fruit was rotting, right? Because back to those aspects of conversion, you had that awakening and that conviction, but then you were backsliding, and now you were in that that spot. But now you're pursuing that light, that third regenerating light. And spirit you didn't know what to do but you were curious and i've always admired that curious thought-provoking personality of yours that that spirit about you that that is willing to take risks to just go without knowing what is exactly next but i'm just going to go i didn't know what else to do but to go to church and you found yourself as as you unpacked your story around the word of God, the life, Mm -hmm. the way, the truth, and the life. And if you're listening to this and you're, you don't know what to do. You're not sure you're, you're in a fog. Just it's, it's, it's such a mess. I've made such a mess of my life. I, there's no way, no way I can come back. Listen to Ike to Isaac, (laughs) listen to Christa Christopher, continue to hang in here with Nick to Nicholas. What are you hearing? The pursuit of the father for our hearts. If if you have any kind of spark, you you're you're here, you're listening to this. You have a spark. It's that regenerating light. That's going to continue to, to, to draw you closer into that deep relationship that, that Nicholas has articulated over and over. It's the, the, the theme that he said, the connection, the depth of connection, the desire to connect. Because it's not about sex or drugs or rock and roll or all anything else, any other sin propensity. At the end of the day, it's about our attachment and intimacy challenges. And that's what you're hearing in this story. And as he also said, uh, the, the essential uh, the quote here that emotional bills always come due, Dr. Roberts a Conqueror series, and his emotional bills were coming due. Isaac, take us home here, man. Yes. Quick, 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 bring the best robe and put it on him. Put a ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let's have a feast and celebrate. For this son of mine was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
So they began to celebrate. Learning how to celebrate has been such a huge part in my walk and my and yes. my journey. And hearing it in Nicholas's story, it just brings back so much of what I ran to when I thought I was celebrating life. Man, it's such a beautiful thing to get the embrace of the Father as you're sharing and the emotions behind it, Nicholas. Thank you for lifting up my head as you are a lifter of heads. You're no more almost. Amen. That's right. <laughs> no more almost. You're the one that says, I will surrender no buts. Man, I love celebrating life with you. I love speaking life with the brothers in this room and in the community. It's how we celebrate. The glory goes all to the Father, and, and his grace is not earned. He always comes after us and pursues us. And I see it in your story, man. It's just such a beautiful thing. Thank you. I, just real quick, I, thank you for those words and that those words are part of my I am statement. And, and it's the celebration um, that I've been able to experience once again for any listeners who are hearing this or feeling resonating with this. It's not that I'm, I'm, I'm good. I'm fixed. Like I can coast the rest of my life is going to be gravy, you know, but, but I have these brothers around me and this relationship with the father. Now that reminds me of that true identity, that I am statement that prepares me and equips me to face the challenges ahead with hope and with clarity and with faith and with joy. And as a lifter of heads, as Nicholas, you are that. You're victory, storyteller. We're, we're seeing your truest self come out. And in, in that regeneration process, the desires of your heart, instead of demanding it and being entitled and, 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 and making sure that it comes your way, come hell or high water, the unholy trinity that Nicholas uh, Isaac said earlier of me, myself, and I, you've been giving it away. You're an affirmer. You're a meditator. You're a thought leader. You're a warrior, lover, king. You're a confident. You're a mentor. You're a great dad, a coach, a partner, a wordsmith. You are proactive. You are plank first mentality. You do have that sword out and you are battling for the hearts of other men, your family, and you are extending that out. It is overflowing. And thank you for being that confidant. Thank you for being that great listener. You've been such an impact player in my life, partner, uh, uh fellow warrior and I have an affirmation list and you're in there time and time again and I wanted to end on that that your quote it meant so much to what this community is to me and to others my intellectual knowledge of grace was not made real until I was welcomed into Romans 12 to the real authentic brotherhood thank you for speaking that thank you for modeling it thank you for exampling it and we invite you listener you to come in to also, share in this with us. We love you and thank you. You've been listening to Be Transformed with Christopher and Isaac. Be Transformed is an outreach of Romans 12 to Men's Ministry. If you or someone you know needs confidential help or are looking for a place to serve, you can text or call Christopher at 512-238-0000, romans-122.org. That's romans-the-number-one-number-two-letters-t-w-o.org.